Ooh, that's a good song. It's, it's an amazing song. I kind of, I think I recognize it. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. To What in the World, the language podcast. I'm here with the star of the, one of the best Senior Wooly videos. The best. In my opinion. Everyone's favorite. Feo. So we're here with La Feona herself, Sarah Breckley. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Make me feel good about myself. Yes. Thank you for being here. We're at IFLT 19 in sunny St. Petersburg, Florida. It's beautiful. But hot. So hot. So humid. Yeah, we're a tank top. Flip-flops. It's it's amazing. So, uh, Sarah, just going to ask you a couple questions today. Awesome. Um, want to know a little bit about yourself and your experiences with Senior Woolley and your experience as a teacher uh, here on the podcast. So, without any further ado, we'll begin. Awesome. Let's talk about um, IFLT 19. Like, how many times have you been to IFLT 19? Oh, this is my second time. It's my favorite. I'll come again. I'll be in Southern California next year. I'll be coming till I need help walking. Yeah. Well, that's that's an endorsement. I'm dedicated. That's an endorsement. So yeah. so you've really enjoyed IFLT 19. Yeah, it's my favorite week of the year. So what what did you enjoy about it this year? Um, what sessions did you go to that yeah. stood out? You just want to want to speak on that for a second? Yeah, well, my favorite time was my time spent in the language labs. I watched Mark Mullaney, Jason Fritz, um, Donna Tatum-Johns, Grant Boulanger, and I just learned mm. so much. And my takeaway is a couple things. Um, number one, I think I just need to stop looking at the clock. I've always prided myself in be able, being able to pack like five activities into each hour. And, you know, my lesson plans, I still put minutes on there. And yes. my principal comes in and he just sees like craziness happening and kids running around. And I'm so proud that every kid had an activity they liked. But then I go into these language labs and they're just talking and the kids are just feeling Smashing. loved. Yeah, and it feels so right. And they speak Spanish now, or they speak French now, or they, and you know what I mean? And they're flowing, and you're it's like, so how incredible. do they do that? Yeah, and, and I'll be on something awesome, and we'll be doing, you know, having great conversation, and I'll look at my watch and be like, oh, looks like I love you, but look at the time. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah, and I'm like, it's time to exactly. do running dictation now, because it's right. in the lesson plan. So I just <laughs> Gotta love. get to it, gotta get to it, gotta get to right? it. Right? Yeah. And so, and also, I mean, those conversations to our principals don't really look like we're doing a whole lot sometimes, right? And, and even kids will say, what did we do yesterday? And you're like, we hung out. What yeah. are we doing tomorrow? We're yeah. just going to chat. And they'll be like, okay, well, I don't need to be there. Or like, I didn't right. miss anything. Like, is this, a, is it a class? Yeah. Can yeah. Not, not show up? Yeah. What did you do today? We just talked about our weekend. It just seems so yes. counter- cultural for a class exactly i understand that completely yeah um, but we are not normal teachers and this is not a normal class this is not normal learning so no I, no so yeah we are normal teachers the other way is not the normal way right ah okay okay so that speaks to the importance of uh teaching our kids what proficiency learning looks like mm -hmm. right Exactly. What it looks like to be in a CI classroom. Right. That is important. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they have no idea. Mm -hmm. If they're coming from a traditional uh, grammar-heavy, worksheet-heavy, Spanish-French-German classroom, they they look at a CI teacher and are like, what? Is this theater class? Yeah. Is this just fun and games? Is this like... We just hear chat. Like, what do we... I don't know what you... Why are you asking me about my life <laughs> yeah. in Spanish? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Why my, are my, you talking about me? Yeah, my kids' parents sometimes they come in during you know conferences and they're like, 
I know what you had for dinner last night, Sarah. And I'm like, I know what you had for dinner last night. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting to explain the curriculum, but the curriculum is kind of like, I don't know, loving your kids and listen to them. So anyway, it's student centered, it's totally student centered. There's nothing more student centered. So that was my biggest takeaway from this week. Um, also I really need to start playing parallel universe with my kids. I went to the, uh, woolly session it was pretty awesome so basically I love that okay i know we were there together yeah it was amazing it's my favorite one from that workshop and i don't know why i hadn't thought of it before probably because i'm not a savant genius so yeah that'll do it thanks mom thanks dad <laughs> uh but it's kind of like story asking but you create a story um with your kids and how they suggest is they stand up and they pick a picture right and they pick a picture um from a scene from or a scene that's around the room and then they hand it over to you. And these pictures also happen to come from a completely different story or um, graphic novel or short video or a movie talk or something. So you're creating this story with these random pictures. And in the end, you have a completely unique story from the story that they came from. And so what's cool is you're like practicing similar structures, similar vocab, because that's what's in both stories and the pictures. Um, but you have two completely different stories to work with, to practice with, to play games with, to talk about, and to compare and contrast. Um, it's genius. It's absolutely it's and it's like you said it's another way to get repetition. Yeah, in, it's right? great without becoming boring. Yeah, um, and that's a with new teachers to CI that becomes a problem. Yeah, where they they feel like it's the novelty wears right. off quickly. Yeah, how do I get how do I get these these uh, structures in again in a novel mm -hmm. unique way without my students going oh yeah again yeah and it's so hard for us to create stories like it's a talent we have to take lots of practice but the cool thing is is if you already have a story that you can take screenshots of or pictures from use those ones that have already been created for your kids to make a new story so you're not in charge of that you know you blame them if the story sucks just kidding it's always gonna be awesome because it's their story um uh, and <laughs> it's the true and then they usually like their story at the end anyway because they made it so right. it's great student buy-in mm -hmm. it's you awesome know, it's that engagement with the students so um, you said you, you observed Mark Mullaney. Um, yeah. I interviewed Mark earlier for this yeah. conference. And uh, one of the things he said is a lot of the teachers come into the room and they look at him and they, they look at the great things that he does. And uh, they think that he just got there and they yeah. leave thinking, holy crap. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Not going to happen. It's a skill. Right. That you have to develop. Yeah. And I love that he talked about that too. Like in the debrief, he's so honest. I, I don't know what he super said. Super humble. Yeah, super humble, right? And so he said, just so you know, like these kids throw out ideas and they throw out um, facts from their personal life. And I know I need to remember those and I know I need to connect those and I know what structures I'm working on. So I'm constantly creating in my mind to connect all this and I'm remembering. And he said, he's worked years and years and years on that. Years. Yeah, right? He's had excellent coaches. Right? And so we need to know what awesome looks like so we know that it works. But we also need to know that you know, the first years when we're learning, that works too. It doesn't have to be so smooth right away. No. And we can start with small activities first. And and accept when we fall on yes. our face and a lesson falls apart. Right. Accept it. And yeah. don't beat yourself up and don't give up. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Right. That's been my experience. I don't know. Exactly. If, I'm sure your experience has probably been mm -hmm. very similar. Yep. And he said he still messes up. So when you watch him and you're like, that's impossible, you know, it doesn't end. The journey doesn't end. The learning doesn't end. Never. You just have to start at some point. Always. Well, that's that's fantastic. So that's your that's your IFLT nineteen takeaways. Those. Well, I have thirty more, but you I don't have feel 30 like that's more. The, How about well one, one more? more at okay. Least. How about that? Okay. 
so I was in Katya's today, and she did um, a and lesson. What, what does Katya teach for those that may not Russian. know? Russian. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she did a lesson on speaking proficiency levels and OPI. And it's funny because she does lots of um, demos and stuff, and she's amazing. And she said this wasn't her favorite thing to you know, do a lesson on mm-hmm. or to do a workshop on. Yeah. But it's exactly what I needed. So I was so happy I came. But basically, um, it was eye-opening because she talked about um, standards and also what the OPI looks for for the different levels. I think a lot of people need to hear what she has to say about um, how you reach those levels and you know, grammar and language and requirements and how it's not necessarily what you think they're looking for, right? So if it says something like multiple time frames or can retell a story or whatever were the things on her list, like how to give directions, but that doesn't mean you have to know commands, right? So I can say something like, um, take a left, then a right, then a right. Or I can say, first we are going to take a left, then we are going to take a right. Or you can say, um, and then I get in the car and I go take a left and I go, those there's no mandates on tenses, right? So you don't have to teach a whole chart because you don't know what they're going to ask. She said, as long as you can communicate what the examiner is asking you, that's the goal. And she gave lots of other things just about um, how to get your students there and hints and things like that. And there are things I need to do to increase my language ability. So it was just a great session all the way around. That's an important thing. Um, I forgot who mentioned it, but uh, teachers continuing to learn and, yeah. and hone their skills, not only in, in, in their pedagogy and their teaching, but also their language. Right. And one of, one of the things that I've noticed at this conference on social media and just here in general is the the fear that some teachers have of making a mistake mm-hmm. in their language in front of other teachers. I'm terrified. Still. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, that's fair. That's honest. And yeah. It exists. Yeah. I, I honestly do not have a fear of Wonderful. making a mistake. F- yeah. Mainly because I don't give an F. Yeah. Um, but I'm, that's not to say I don't care. Yeah. I want to be uh, corrected later. Sure. Uh, not in the moment. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to say, oh, you know, maybe this, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And just like a general conversation. Yeah. But I don't have any fear. And I think, I think it's hard for people to overcome that. I mm-hmm. understand it. Um, but how do you deal with it since you have a well, fear? So of- the truth is, is that I know my accent is not horrible if I doesn't interfere with communication. I know if I make some errors, it's not the end of the world. I'm just in general scared of mean people, I suppose. I mean, right. the world is a yeah, sucky place. It is. And so if, if, if you're ever getting observed or you're ever speaking Spanish in, in front of like a heritage speaker and their teacher or, or a native speaker and their teacher or another teacher, usually those people are loving people because they get it. Right. Um, but it's the people who don't get it, right? Right. It's the people who don't understand communication and how it works and what's important to teaching that will usually say native things or write negative comments on my YouTube channel. Oh, my goodness. I know. That is... Don't worry. There's a delete button. There is a delete button. So that leads that. So you have a a website. Yeah. Where you create fantastic. Thanks. Edited videos. Oh, they are amazing, man. and they are beneficial to so many educators because they they offer a lens into your classroom. Yeah. Actually, multiple lenses, right? Because your yeah. editing is so spectacular. You <laughs> oh, get all gosh. kinds of angles. You know why? It's so not the cell phone video. I know. I know. It's amazing. You know why? So talk about that. Talk yeah. About that first, website. Let, first, let's talk about the editing. I'm an expert at editing, and that's because... I see that. There's multiple reasons. Number one, I never want to humiliate my kids. 
because this doesn't work otherwise, right? So if I have to discipline or someone says something that I feel like they feel they would feel dumb, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't think they're dumb, but I could see them being right. insecure about it or depending yeah. on who it is. Like, I chop that all out. That's reasonable. That's never my goal. I don't want anybody, you know, a 15-year-old to see themselves on YouTube and be ashamed. That's right. not the point. Not, that's not why you... Right. right. And also, like, really long videos, which is, like, my first 50, people don't have time for that. Okay, like people didn't watch them. They just, oh, I'm just going to watch this class for an hour. It's just not going to go down. So Alina Filipescu, after the, one of the first videos I did where I was like Another talking. Another amazing teacher. I know. I want to be everybody but me. So I, she messaged me and I, did, I had just done my first video where it was like super short. I was talking over. I've never wanted to talk over my videos because I just feel like it's so like millennial. Like you love yourself. Like put your camera in front of your face. It's not me. But me. I did one because I wanted to talk to an audience. And she messaged me and she was like, that was amazing. If you do more like that, more teachers will benefit. More students will reap the rewards. And she's like, keep it short. You know, talk, be funny. And I was like, all right. And so... I'm videoing my kids. I chop it all up so there's not, you know, any no kid feels embarrassed. You don't have to see a lot of the transition time. And then I try to be funny. It works for me. It, it's all I have, man. I mean, I. It's all I have. I like it, and I think I think they're they're beautiful videos. Thank you. Uh, what is what is the name of your website so people uh, can go there? SarahBreckley.com. I'm gonna spell it because there's another Sarah Breckley photographer, and I don't want her to like get all my traffic. Okay, you ready? Yeah, ready. S A R A H. B R E C K L E Y. She doesn't have an E. dot com. dot com. Not the photographer. No. If there's pretty pretty photos, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, you look for pretty videos, <laughs> not photos. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. videos because they are there. Yeah. And they are amazing, and they benef they benefit me. Uh, I'm envious. I love you. I love you. Well, I love you. So they're short and uh, they're short and sweet and to the point. Hopefully, they help you out. Please go to SarahBreckley.com, <laughs> not the photographer. Yes. Um, so tell us uh, briefly, if you can, um, about your journey becoming a Spanish teacher and with the language. Yeah, that's how a great did, question. How did you end up here? And so I grew up in Southern California, and I had a lot of Hispanic friends, and my best friend was named Jessica. Uh, we were best friends from first grade on until um, we weren't at the same school anymore in high school. And so she spoke Spanish, and I would go hang out at her house all the time. And no one in her home spoke English, but they were just so kind and loving. And um, there was always uh, missionaries at her house, and they were always feeding people. I just loved the environment, and it, and I just wanted to know so bad what was going down all the time. I was just so inquisitive, and there was just it was such a happy place, and it was connected to Spanish. And so, when your best friend speaks Spanish, and she has this happy home, and you're with spending time with them all the time, and and we, I ate different foods there. It was just it was always something super special to me. And then in high school, I realized reflecting that like teachers had a really big impact on my life and you know once I was old enough to you know understand all that they had done for me I was kind of that kid that maybe needed some extra attention I spent extra time with teachers and um, I needed their pats on the back and their encouragement and so at some point those two just kind of connected and then from my freshman year um, in high school that was when I knew and I had planned it ever since so so you knew in high school mm -hmm. I have every worksheet from Spanish one at that was home. Amazing. Yeah. Every conjugation chart from Spanish too. Miss Anderson was my favorite. She just yelled and slammed the board with this big stick. I knew the whole time. That's still in yeah. spite of that. Yeah. I loved it. That's amazing. Yeah. That is it was an a great amazing time. story. I was like I told you I I was speaking to Mark earlier in his journey to becoming a language teacher. It's so different. Really? But somewhat similar to yours. Huh. 
he didn't make he was going to be a social studies okay. teacher. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. And he did not study uh, Spanish in college. Really. But he learned what he calls kitchen Spanish. You know, Spanish yeah. from uh, working in a restaurant. So that's what I need to do because his Spanish is ridiculous. His Spanish is good, but also. You know, it's that conversation and that engagement with the community, which you, which you said you had as yeah. a young lady, mm-hmm. which is very critical, right? right? It's important mm-hmm. that engagement with community and you had your best friends spoke yeah. and you had the food and the family and the mm-hmm. happy house. That's that's beauty and yep. that's, that's what inspired you when you got to school mm-hmm. uh, in spite of all the grammar. Yep. You uh, still became a, uh, a language teacher. Yep. And, you and she's knew still from my a, friend. And, and I still give her credit, and I've told her that. Amazing. Yep. She's in Texas. Hola, Jessica. <laughs> Hola, Jessica, if you're listening. <laughs> I'll send it to her. Tell us just uh, briefly about working with Senior Wooly in the video, Feo, right? Because we see you as one of the protagonists in that video, and it's I, I think it's amazing. Like I said at the yeah. beginning of the podcast, it's one of my favorite videos. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's weird. Now it's my favorite. Yeah, because like it's everyone else's favorite and it's mine. And it's yours. Yeah, every time I see it, I'm like, man, she's great. So uh, it's a tie for me. Uh, Feo with Chaosco. Yeah. And I love Chaosco because my students love Chaosco. You win. It's awesome. But no, Feo is like, it's that just catchy 80s poppy dance. My students are dancing in the room, moving around. It's so great. It's absolutely amazing. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, it's hard to talk about because, you know, He's just such a scary man, Senor Wooly. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, he's very hard to work for. He creates impossible demands for his actors. I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, we cried the whole time. Just I spoke with his uh, one of his, you know, Nate Niederkorn, one of the composers. Yeah. And uh, musicians that work that works with Jim and similar he said the story. Same thing. Yeah, he doesn't even pay him. Qué interesante. Yeah, Nate's no? just scared for his life. <laughs> no, but really. Um, the three sets I've worked on have been like my career highlights. Like I was just, you know, I just responded to an email like, do you need any extras? And basically like that was the beginning of this amazing journey. I just feel so lucky to have been a part of it. And um, he's just so awesome. Jim on the set, he plans every single moment. Um, it's super cool to use the videos in class when you know kind of what happens behind the scenes. And um, everybody on set is pretty much bonded for life every time we see each other at conferences or anywhere else. And So how do your students react when, when you show them that video and you're in it? Man, I have just a really disappointing answer for you. Everybody asked me that question. I hate oh, it. So really? let me just tell you. So it's not what everyone uh, expects. It's like, not. Oh my right? God. Right? Like think of like, I don't know if your wife like won an award or if your wife, um, I don't know, made, I can't even, I don't even know what to say. Think of like if someone important to you had a great accomplishment and you'd be like, I knew you had it in you. And uh, you're pretty much still a normal person. You just, I don't know. I can't explain it. So. Uh, I, I think I got you. I don't know. So basically... Students, I showed it to them, and they just pretty thought, much thought, like, typical profe Breckley, like... Typical Breckley. Yeah, like... I think, I think they, I think they, that gets you some buy-in. I oh, think, to yeah. To a degree, and that's what, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. I think they, I think you get buy-in from something like that, yeah. even if they're like, oh, typical Breckley. Yeah. But, seems The problem like they, is, is when you dance on the table at school, and you stick your tongue out, and you act <laughs> kind of goofy, Yeah. and then they yeah. see it on the video, they're like, and... And there's no difference. Yes. Um, but, but that's consistency. And, it, yes. Hey. Yes. The character was made for me. <laughs> my, 
Uh, yes. Yeah, it was made for you. I think it was. I think Jim wrote that specifically yeah. for you. Yeah, he did. Yep. And you for think sure. it was just happenstance? Yeah. But no, it was. It was that. So uh, to wrap it up, um, any advice you would have for teachers? Not only it just came to this wonderful conference here at IFLT nineteen, but uh, in general, that may be listening to this podcast. What um, advice would you have for those teachers moving toward a proficiency based CI classroom? Like. Um, thinking about the things we spoke about any any advice for those teachers that are yeah i think i think for a lot of us not for everybody um i think some people have a really big um step to take and some people kind of a small step to take and so it can be scary and so i really think that if you just choose like maybe one thing you could call an activity that would be super comprehensible with communication i think that would be the first place to start because this job isn't easy right like I feel like in certain content areas or certain things, professions, there's things you do and there's things you don't do. And there's maybe more of um, like a recipe for success. But in language teaching, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, So like, you know, when you go to a restaurant and there's like a super big menu, do you like that when the menu's like super long? I don't don't like it if everything on that menu looks delicious yeah that's the problem right so you just go there staring at the menu because there's way too many options and that's how i feel about providing comprehensible input so like there's a hundred options to implement into your class when the bell rings um but some options are healthier than others and some options like aren't the best options but they still work but no one wants to eat the same thing every day exactly right and so maybe you think like we'll all communicate um about each other's lives and that's the best thing to do yeah but for an hour a day every day for nine months right Right. And so sometimes you have to pick not the best options, just like on a menu, because like I don't know, you know whose rest, you know whose um, menu is way too long, the Cheesecake Factory. Have you been there? I have not. What the heck? And I love this certain salad, but, but I can't I eat love it every. Cheesecake. Yeah, I love cheesecake too. But what if you had, had it every day? No. No, you'd ruin the cheesecake. And so sometimes your principal though wants to see the kids like eating frozen Tostinos pizza rolls, right? Right. Because they don't know what good looks like, and so you have to do that sometimes. I agree. That's a a great point, Sarah. (laughs) And then sometimes you're like, why? Why is everybody making me do stuff I don't want to do? Because you can't do the best thing every day. And then your colleague's like, oh, spinach is the power food. And you're like, but sweet potatoes are the power food. Right. Exactly. But it's because there's too many options. There are a lot of options. Yeah. You've got to learn to pick and choose. Right. And use the things that work. And it's hard to know. Recycle. And it just takes time. And then you're like, why isn't this perfect every day? Because you need time. So don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes you need to give the kids like a chocolate bar, right? Is that healthy? No. I don't know. No, I it's not cho- healthy. I think chocolate is healthy, Okay, what Sarah? about like a Hershey chocolate bar? If we want to break it down not, scientifically. Okay, how about you want to give your kids, I don't know, Sour Patch Kids. What if your kids want Sour Patch Kids? Should no. you give your kids Sour Patch Kids? Not every day. No, you shouldn't. But those kids have the option to not come to your restaurant at all. Exactly. Right? It's an elective. So sometimes you got to give crappy Sour Patch Kids that to your kids. That is a beautiful point. It is an elective. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to do, I don't know, watch a movie, even though you're supposed to be compri- providing comprehensible input. Right. And you didn't scaffold the movie and you didn't pre-teach all the vocab. You but, just watch it. But that's what, that you just watch it. Right. Or you do this game where it's like half in English and you're outside like hitting a baseball. Right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, but they want to do it. And you got to keep them in the important. class. That's important, Sarah, because really, I think times like that, there's so many people like, oh, you're killing instructional time. Yeah. But really what you're doing in those moments is building community. You're building community. You're building community. And you're making sure they sign up next semester. That too. 
And you're connecting it to your language somehow. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Sarah, I want to thank you um, for this interview. It's been fantastic. Yay, thanks for having me. And uh, that's Sarah Breckley. Good song. La Feona. Adios. <laughs>